Right, that was an amazing morning of, of worship for us. Um, I love the word that was brought in terms of us, um, not, not just worshiping through words, but also through, through action. Uh, in this week, uh, I was reading, uh, again, uh, something about um, to seek the kingdom of God first. You know, so, so often, a lot of what we do is focusing on how we organize our own days and we don't get to everything that we want to do, even good priorities. Um, sometimes get in the way of us seeking uh, the kingdom of God first. Um, and uh, I just read a wonderful testimony of someone who really felt that the Lord was contributing to their life all those things that they made priority and they couldn't get and fixed. And the moment they started to really focus their lives on, on just doing the one thing, and that was focusing on the kingdom of God, the other things fell into place, as, as it is said to us uh, in Scripture. Uh, anyway, right. Can you tell I'm nervous? No, that's a good thing then. <laughs> well, let's just pray before we, before we start. Father God, we are just in awe of you, everything that you have done for us. And Father, that you continue to invite us to be on the journey uh, to become more like Jesus. And I just pray that as we spend time in your word today, Father, that you will meet each one of us where we are. Just speak in our hearts, Father, and I pray, O Holy Spirit, that you will transform us as we hear your voice today and see your truth in Scripture. Pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right, you will see that I've sort of labeled today's talk, Let Your Light Shine. Um, and we are continuing our, our series in Ephesians, uh, as Ian has said as well. Um, and for me, I mean, it is always exciting for me to stand in front of you uh, and to, to share some of what I experience and um, hopefully bring some of God's scripture to you so that uh, really scripture talks to each one of us. And, and when I reflect on the journey that we've been on over the last um, few weeks, I probably should say months and years because we're always on a journey with God. Uh, it is just exciting to um, see what God has done in, in our lives and how he's carried us uh, in that as well. Uh, so I thought the weekend away where Jill, sorry, Jim took us through um, how to know God better, how to know Jesus better, how to know the Spirit better, I mean, that was, that was really very powerful uh, for me. And then just after that, Adam took us uh, through Ephesians 4 and 5, um, back into 4 and start of 5, to, to guide us on uh, this road that Paul is taking us on, to live in the light. Um, and, uh, and, and then, as we had today, the testimonies that come, the word that God gives. I mean, last, last week was a fabulous week in just learning and hearing how God is moving in people's lives. I mean, um, how Steve and Ali shared how God has journeyed with them over the last uh, number of months, even in sorrow and hard times, still experiencing the comfort and the care of God. And they allowed us sort of to peep through the window of where they're currently just waiting quietly for God's voice in terms of what's next, what, what's the next season look like. And remember how Faye shared how wonderful God has become the father she never had and still today in daily challenges 
He's her father, and he sustains her in that. Um, and I loved how Richard as well, I mean, what was beautiful for me about Richard's testimony is how God took seed that was planted many years ago to bring new life. Um, I mean, in the spring season we're living, it was really like a tree blossoming to me. Uh, and that was just a, a, a wonderful story. And then also how God continued to um, show him um, things that he needed to lay down as, as that growth uh, continues. So, so just fabulous stories. And, and I also I was touched by Maisie's um, uh, testimony honoring her sister, Clara. Do you remember that? Clara, how she's just living her life as a Christian, which makes people around her ask, what's different about you? Um, and when we talk about letting our light shine, to live in the light, that's what it's about. It's how we bring the love and grace of God to people around us so that it starts to change the world around us. And these stories that we share in terms of how God continues to be with us on that journey, that is our encouragement as well. That is, our salvation is just not a moment in time. It's a continuous journey. Our salvation happens, and, and then we continue to grow uh, to become more like Christ. Um, and that is the journey that, that Paul has us on in, in Ephesians. Um, so, let me get to the reading. I'm... Um, I'm going to pick up the reading from uh, verse 8. Uh, Adam covered some of that last time, but as you know, it's one letter, so these things are connected. So in order to keep the flow, I'm picking it up from uh, Ephesians 8. Uh, I'm going to read to verse 20, and I'm reading from the NIV. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. Okay, let's unpack what, what Paul is giving to us today. Now, can I just remind you that Paul is writing to believers here, so everything he teaches us here is for us, everyone in this room that... Um, say they're Christian. Paul is teaching us. He's talking to us as the church here. So he starts off by saying, for we were once darkness. Notice that he's not saying we were in darkness and now we're in light. We were darkness. Now we are light. We've changed identity. And I think that's important for us um, to, to see that. Um, so it's quite simple then. We're not darkness anymore. We're light now. So therefore, live as children of the light. It's easy enough. 
Um, he then summarizes chapter 4 and start of chapter 5 just in three words, in case you've forgotten, that it's all about righteousness, it's all about goodness, it's all about truth. It's about what is good. It's about what is right. It's what's about true. That is the very simple instruction that we, that we get through this. So as I've said a bit earlier, I think we all accept and know that our Christianity is not just about the salvation. That is a very important moment for us when we recognize that. But that, that moment where we accept Jesus as our Savior, where we repent from our sin, where we are reborn, however you want to phrase that, is that's, that's just the start of a journey of restoration. And do you then also see the powerful uh, statement that comes in verse 10 as he follows on, and then he says, and find out what pleases the Lord. The English Standard Version says they try to discern what pleases God. So there's a very clear instruction for us to be, to be on, just, on this journey. And I think then just to try to emphasize that, Paul gives us the opposite in stating the negative in verse 11 when he then again says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of the darkness, but rather expose them. Now Adam went through all of this in quite a lot of detail. Um, and so I'm not going to repeat his sermon of, of, a, of a couple of weeks ago, and I really will encourage you, if you have not listened to that, please go and listen to that. It's the powerful um, walk through the first few verses of, um, of chapter 5, and, and certainly into uh, this section that we've just read. So let's then continue to what Paul is saying. So um, I, I was thinking of a story this morning um, and I heard about a new pastor at a church, and on the first Sunday he preached his first sermon, and everyone was quite pleased, really good message. And on the second Sunday he did the same message. And the third Sunday. And the fourth Sunday. So by that time the elders went to him and said, Pastor, we, we think we've got a problem. You've preached the same sermon now four weeks in a row. And he said, no, no, it's not a problem. I just continue the message until you start to respond to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, uh, and, and I sometimes feel when we read what Paul gives us, he repeats. Uh, he says to us what he's going to tell us, then he tells that to us, and then he reminds us of it, and then he summarizes it again. It's as if he wanted to say, I want you to hear this. So you will see as we go through this, he goes into a bit more detail every time, um, but he continues to take us almost on the same journey. So... It's saying here that, uh, remember we had that verse, to rather expose what is in the darkness. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in the secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. So what does it exactly mean to bring things into the light? I think sometimes when we confront sin, we sometimes do more harm than we do good. It is so important that we know and understand the relationship that we have with those that we confront. I mean, let's be quite honest with each other today. There's no point in challenging someone who is a non-believer with Christian ethic by opening the Bible and saying, you should do this because this is what the Bible says. At this point, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. At this point, the Bible is not an authority in their lives. So we need to be careful when we do that. But there are ways for us to do it because we cannot be passive in not calling the darkness dark. 
That is what we have to do. By both our lifestyle and the conversations and how we go about our life, that is how we bring light and allow light to do its work. Light is what transforms the darkness. Remember the testament about what Clara did. She simply lived a life of light. And people started to ask the question, why are you different? Light is not only showing up what is in darkness, it also reflects. Just think, I mean, it's a simple, simple picture, but you all know that. If you go into a very dark room and you can't see anything, but you've got a torch with you, so you switch on the torch, and the light shines, and it's not dark anymore. And if there are a mirror or a window, it will also reflect the light. Light transforms the darkness. Darkness cannot remain where the light comes in. How strong is your torch? Do you have a birthday cake candle? Or are you really making an impact? We have to call darkness dark. So I thought, okay, what does it then mean in practice? Where do we go with this? Um, and sometimes it's helpful to start with myself. How do I do some reflection on that? Now, we've got this book on our shelf uh, in our house, The Mind of Christ. Uh, it's by T.W. Hunt, and I will recommend. It was written more than 20 years ago, but it's still very relevant uh, to read. And I'm just going to read the first uh, paragraph of this book to you, and then I'm going to take us into a bit of a, an exercise here. So, suppose Christ broke through the veil that separates the spiritual from the physical and audibly said to you today, I am going to require you to have my mind in all its fullness. However... I want people to know what a miracle of change I can work. So I'm going to reveal to your church what your mind is like right now. Next Sunday, in your church, I'm going to take over the morning service and play back for all to hear every thought you had this last week. Would that appall you? Will that delight you? Will you turn up for the service? Right, let's make it a bit more practical. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a list of darkness on the one side and light on the right side. It's kind of a line between that. And I'm just going to step through them, and I'm going to ask you to, just in your mind, plot yourself. Are you closer to the left or closer to the light? The right. <laughs> on, each one of, on each one of these. So when we think about jealousy and envy, are, you, are, are there still a lot of jealousy in your life? Or are you really rejoicing the success of others? Are there things happening around you where you just feel it's not, it's not fair that they are getting that? Or are you celebrating the success of those around you? Are there some bitterness toward God because of things that happened in your life, things you didn't get? Or are you fully accepting God's will? What about bitterness towards others? Are you generous with your time, with your material things? Do you want other people to have more, or do you feel bitter towards others that have more than you? What about sexual lust versus holiness in your thought? Where does your eyes go? What do you watch? What do you allow into your life? Where are you on that line? 
What about the lust for position or power versus the humility towards others? Do you need to be in control every time in every situation? Or are you prepared to be a servant leader like Jesus showed us to be? What about hatred versus love of the unlovable? Not just the love of others. Jesus said we loved our enemies. So where are you on that? Are there still people that you feel no love towards? What about anger versus being peaceful? How, how, how about sitting in traffic or being annoyed in a queue? What triggers the anger in you, things happening at work or where you move around society? Are there still moments when anger is triggered where you should really be peaceful? Resentment versus forgiving. I guess that's very similar to hating other people, but are there still people that you, that you resent for things that may have happened to you, things at work, decisions made, places you, you end up with? Or have you completely forgiven other people? Are you living in forgiveness? Forgiveness frees you. I'm diverting here a bit, but we all know that not forgiving is only impacting you, not the person that you're supposed to forgive. Okay, they've carried on with their lives. What about the next one? Addicted to television versus devoted to prayer. Well, let's put social media there. How much time do we spend flicking through on the phone during the week? How much of our time goes there? How much of our time in sort of living in the light is stolen by what we find there? I think I want to put a challenge out to us there and say, how about this week we pray two minutes for every one minute we spend on social media? <laughs> we try that. See what the impact of that could be. Compromising versus faithful. Do we find ourselves in places where we can argue ourselves out of a situation to say, oh, I just see, Steve, I know you're not on social media, so, yeah. <laughs> Please continue to pray as you do. Um, compromising and, and, and faithful. Are you, are you finding ways to explain why it's all right for you to do something where in your heart of hearts you know it's not quite right? Do you have a tendency to lie versus being truthful in every situation, even when it hurts? So easy to tell a white lie, to be economical with the truth, uh, to avoid a difficult situation. What about gossiping and slandering others versus encouraging others? Do we fall into the trap of talking people down, involving ourselves in conversations because it's so easy when other people start to talk uh, about colleagues or friends or people they don't like that we just follow the conversation and don't counter that? politicians? Are you breaking them down in your conversation? Are you joining that conversation? Or are we showing the light by turning the conversation around and building up and being encouraging? Okay, you all look very worried now. And uh, <laughs> this was not an attempt to be, to, what's the right word? I'm, I'm not judging. I look at this and I go through this 
and I ask myself, Andre, perhaps on a daily basis, I need to look at this and consider this and give this to God. Because this is where the light starts to shine into the darkness. In all of these things are where we're encountering people around us and being in conversation with people. In all of this is where we live different to those that don't know the light. So are you prepared for the world to know your thoughts? Are you turning up for the service? How much does our walk and talk differ from those around us? I think sometimes because we're not taking this seriously enough, that's why perhaps the church finds itself in PR disasters because of what, what, what people do. Over the centuries, those that profess to be children of God has done the church a lot of harm. Let's face that. And I think our challenge is to think about this. It's our salvation, and then we are on a journey with Christ to continue to shine the light brighter and brighter. And we need to be very conscious of that. And that's why we then read, as, as um, Paul is writing there, for us to seek what God's will, will is, to really try to understand what pleases God. If we take it back to Ephesians 5, verse 1, where he says, therefore, be imitators of God. That is a very strong entrance to, to these verses we're reading at, at the moment. Okay, let's carry on. So Paul then says, be very careful then how you live. I think that list have told us that. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Again, so he's repeating that for us again. So again, it's simple. There are two things. We need to be wise, seize every opportunity. We need to be seeking God's will. But as I've just said, I think very often prominent faith leaders around the world um, has brought the church in disrepute. And I'm not even going to go through a list of names uh, for that because that's not what it's about. But for us, that needs to shine the light. That is the battle that's on. Even last week, the press were uh, showing us reports about the, the founder of Soul Survivor that apparently has done some inappropriate things. And that, to me, was just a slap across the face of the charismatic evangelical church. The enemy goes at everything and is trying to take out leaders. He brings compromise into people's lives because there's a fight on. He wants to steal and destroy. And that is what he is about. We have to be really alert. We, you and me, we are the Bible that the unbelievers read. And sadly enough today, there's a lot going on around us in terms of what the modern culture or the current culture brings to us, including identity um, and gender issues and, and, and all of that, which is not in line with what the Bible teaches. So you and I need to ask ourselves the question that if people around us um, don't ask us serious questions uh, about this, are they not seeing that we are different? Don't they realize that we, we walk a different path? But please, it's never ever is this to judge. Remember, we are called here by Paul to be more like Christ. And what did Jesus come to do? He, he himself said that he came to heal those that are lost. I mean, the verses, Matthew 9, 13, I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners 
Luke 19.10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. John 3.17, the verse immediately behind, one of, after one of the most familiar verses in, verses in the Bible, John 3.16, 3.17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. I think being wise, as, as Paul then links it here, is therefore to understand what God's will is. And I know when we talk about God's will, then sometimes that for us is complicated. I find it helpful when John Stott talks about uh, God's general will and God's particular will. And if I t- take the second one first, I mean, God's particular will is about my life choices, my situation. How is God speaking into my life and what's happening around me now? That's a complete sermon for another day, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But the important thing is God's general will. What is that then? I mean, that's right in front of us. Verse by verse in the Bible, God exposes, tells us about his perfection. He tells us about his, his desire for us to be back where we were uh, in creation, when, when creation started. I mean, his, 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 his sorrow when there's disobedience. Throughout the Bible, we see that. God's general will is right in front of us. That's where we need to be. So we need to be in the Word. And then we will know what God's will is. And this is what Paul is doing through a lot of his writing. He's continuing to bring us back to that. So it's right in front of us to learn that. So he carries on here and then he he goes on to say, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So verse 18, uh, I think there could be two things here. Yes, it talks very specifically about drunkenness. Um, But perhaps Paul is also just warning us to stay away from anything that's harmful or addictive. Anything that causes destruction. He's telling us to stay away from those things. Uh, Remember what we read in in chapter 4. I mean, Adam used the rapid fire uh, analogy in in his talk. Uh, So... In chapter 4 in Ephesians, we read about the sexual sin, impurity, foolishness, covetousness, dirty jokes, etc., etc. It just stands in complete contrast to being filled with the Spirit. Dr. Martin Jones, uh, Lloyd-Jones, writes the following when he, when he reflects on this verse 18. He says, The effect of alcohol is that it depresses first and foremost the highest centers of all in the brain that controls everything. That gives a man self-control, wisdom, understanding, judgment, balance, the power to assess everything. In other words, everything that makes a man behave at his very best and highest. That is impacted. The right opposite is when we're filled with the Spirit. The Spirit gives us a heightened awareness of God's will, of our heart, of our soul, of God speaking unto us, of Christ's mind. For us to live according to that. So I think Paul is then also trying to make it practical here for us. When he then says, so, so what happens when we are filled with the Spirit? And, I, and there are four things that come out of these verses. The first one, he says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. He's talking about fellowship. He's talking about the testimonies we heard this morning and last week. And us sharing our lives. He's talking about that's what happens when we're filled with the Spirit. If we think about the Psalms, the Psalms have the whole range of um, joy and glory to God, but also moments of lament and struggling with God and inviting other people to 
join also in the celebration of God. That's what happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. As believers, we get together and we encourage each other. We share our lives. We share our joys. We share our sorrows. So be filled with the, with the Spirit and speaking to one another. Let's continue to encourage and build each other and share our lives. The second thing, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. The Spirit fills our hearts with an endless amount of joy. I mean, there's just... I mean, when we, when we break out in song, I mean, that is just the joy of the Spirit coming through our hearts. Sometimes that worship could be silent as well, but it's often audible. And I think that's, that's what, that, that is what Paul gives us here as a second thing that happens when we're filled with the Spirit. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the third thing that happens here. That there's, in the presence of God, heightened by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I don't think any one of us can disagree how that um, just make us so aware of what God has done for us in the salvation and the promise of eternity. So this gratitude, this fellowship, this worship, this gratitude that comes from that. There's a fourth one, which is actually in verse 21, and that's about submission. Um, and Adam's going to talk about that because that carries on through the rest of the chapter, so I'm not going to go into that. Um, but we can see that, that Paul is giving us this balance. He's challenging us to live uh, in the light. He's telling us that we get it through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We get it from God. It's God's will for us to be more like, more like Christ. Okay, so let's try to, to land this, this reflection on Ephesians today. Um, Jesus was sensitive to his Father in the utmost degree. Uh, he said in John eight twenty eight, we read, I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. He claimed to see what the Father was doing, to hear what the Father was saying, and to not do anything on his own, but always do it with the Father. He devoted himself to reflect the character of God. And his reflection was exact, it was perfect. And that's our desire, is to continue on this path with God and get closer to that, to reflect more of who God is in, in the world around us. Now again, you may ask me, so uh, how's this practical, Andre? How do we do this? Um, so I'm going to leave you with three R's, um, and hopefully that, that will help you. So I'm going to talk about reason, I'm going to talk about renew, and I'm going to talk about readiness. So let's just quickly look at, at those. So in Colossians 3 verse 2, it says, Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. So I read here a decision. So that's the first thing we do. We decide today that I'm going to work on these things in the dark that still needs to be brought into the light. And I decide this today, and I'm committing that, and, I'm, and, and I know, I know, I know, because that's God's desire for us to be in the light that he will honor that. Okay. So that's because when we make the decision now, it's much easier when you come into a very difficult or complex situation or an emotional situation where in the heat of the moment, you need to make a decision. If you've set the boundaries before, then it's easier when you come into that situation. So that's the first thing we do. We decide today that I'm going to work relentlessly on this because... God gives me the ability to do that. On a day-to-day -day basis, my life is going to look different because God changes it. The next one, renew. 
Romans 12 verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? So this is constant. So we've made the decision. Now we go on a journey of constant renewal of, of our mind. In John 7.38, it says, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. You know that we say that something doesn't grow is actually dying, so there's nothing in between. Okay, so for me, this is the, we, we need to be intentional by asking God to show us what areas of our lives still needs exposure. I really want God to show me what I'm not hearing yet. What area in my life still needs redemption, Father? And that needs to be a daily exercise. And while these two happen, then there's the readiness that we read about in 1 Peter 3 verse 15. Therefore, with minds, sorry, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So when we make the decision, and on a daily basis, we start to live the light, and we move on that line to the right People are going to notice the difference and they're going to ask you and you need to be ready to talk about the difference that you have. That you know God. That you know salvation through Jesus. In 1 Peter 1 verse 13 to 16 we read, Therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. Now even in reading that, we probably say to each other, oh, that's too much for me. That feels like too much of a tall order. But I hope that as we've gone through the journey today, you will understand that it's God's desire. He's even more anxious, if God can be anxious, for you to have the mind of Christ. For you to reflect his character. And therefore, the Bible tells us, if we pray according to God's will, he will hear our prayer and he will answer that. So I promise you today that if we pray and ask God to show us the things that is still dark and help us to live the light, he will answer that prayer. He will show you how you can be light. To your colleagues, to your mates at school, university, wherever we move around. Let's just ask God. And he will allow us to let the light shine. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you don't ever leave us on our own. We thank you for the promise that when Jesus went to be with you, that you said that you will send a helper, the Holy Spirit, to guide us every day. And Father, today we ask you, Show us what we don't see yet. Father, show us those areas in our lives where the light is not shining strong enough yet. Father, our desire is for people around us to get to know you, to also experience the joy of a relationship with you. And Father, we can be an instrument in your hands for that. Help us to hear your voice. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.